Okay, welcome back to Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we try to help you help other people. My name is Dr. Kate Watson, and thank you for joining me again today. So we're calling this one In Sickness and in Health. We're going to talk about those times when maybe you're trying to help somebody who's ill in some capacity. Even though I certainly hope I'm wrong, I think there's a pretty good chance that every person listening right now is touched by sickness in some way. And that was true even before there was a pandemic, folks. You're either someone who is currently battling an illness like cancer or heart disease or COVID-19. Maybe you're somebody who's caring for a person who is battling illness. Or maybe you know somebody who is caring for a person who is battling illness. Personally, I have several good friends who are right now caretakers for a loved one who is ill. So let's talk about how to be helpful. I have two guests today. Uh, Ashley Pine, who, by the way, I was thinking about this. I think think Ashley was my first non-cousin friend in life. Um, I I guess I could be wrong. I might hear from somebody who's going to say, no, 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 Kate, I was your first non-cousin friend in life. But I've known Ashley since first grade, Miss Finn's class in Oakmont Elementary School. And before that, I'm pretty sure my only friends were my sister and cousins. So I'm counting Ashley as the first friend I made all by myself. (laughs) And my second guest is Dr. Kavita Shravastava Jackson, who is a former colleague of mine and a friend and a current breast cancer survivor. So both of these women have incredible stories about illness and the people who tried to help them during those times of illness. You're going to hear about that in particular. In Ashley's case, she's going to talk about the time when her mother was sick and how lots of well-meaning people showed up for her. Uh, But Ashley's going to tell us about what she really needed from people during that time. So let's start there and we're going to see where the conversation goes. Take a listen. I think when I've needed people the most in my life is when I'm being there for someone else. Mm. And then I feel like that's when I need the strength and help from others. So, for example, um, about six years ago, my mom was really, really sick. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was when I just needed support from people or even just a, hi, how are you, so that I didn't feel isolated sitting down at the hospital by myself or like one of my friends uh, one of our mutual friends actually (laughs) um, came down and sat with me at the hospital in the waiting room uh, for a couple hours Mm -hmm. so those are the times when I really needed other people is I'm busy being a caregiver so I don't have time to like care for Ashley so I need somebody else to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. Yep. I've been really interested lately in how people ask for that. And and do you have a sense of how it is that you or people you know ask for help? Some people I do not have to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, but other people, 
I didn't necessarily have to ask for help, but I had to ask for the help I needed. Um, a lot of people want updates, and that is exhausting. Oh, yeah. When you're at the hospital all day or you're dealing with some kind of crisis, to then have to sum it up over and over again um, is exhausting. So I will give you updates, but just check in with me. <laughs> Make sure I'm okay. So I did have to... Um, especially during my mom's uh, sickness, kind of tell people what I needed. Yeah. That I wanted them to reach out to me, not asking how my mom was doing. I knew that they cared about my mom, um, and I would give them updates when I had it, but constantly having to give the medical updates was exhausting. Um, And so I would tell them, hey, just send me, like, a funny story if something happens or – just something to break the monotony of the hospital room yeah you wanted to feel like regular life right because my regular life was on hold i know a person who lost a parent recently and she had to over and over again give like well, here's the information for a viewing and here's the time and here's the location and do you need directions and here's where you can park. And it was like, first of all, you shouldn't be the one doing this. And second of all, for anyone who's doing this, gosh, is it just like so painful to keep having to go through, here's the update, here's what we know, here's what we heard from the doctor. Um, And so I'm thinking about that as like a little sidestep from what you're saying. And um, it even reminds me of a personal story. About a year ago, I was going through something really difficult and I called upon a couple of friends and we had a little Skype session and I said, listen, I'm, I'm sharing some news with you. And, and this is not a secret. Like, you don't have to worry about protecting this. I said, you're actually helping me if you tell people, because then I don't have to tell people. <laughs> I was like, call your own Skype sessions, text everybody, spread the word. I said, you would be helping me if you went and shared this news so that I don't have to keep sharing it. It's really a headache to keep having to share this information with people. Yeah, it does. And it, it definitely, it reminded me, um, I had a friend who, um, when their daughter was born, there were some complications. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a lengthy hospital stay um, with a lot of different surgeries and a lot going on. And he had to send, I think it was just constantly information, 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 that monotonous exchange. And I remember, and this was, probably only about a year or two after I went through everything with my mom. Um, and I just sent him like a, Hey, like, how are you? Mm-hmm. Not how's the baby? How's your wife? Just none of that. Just like, hope you guys are doing well. Right. And he's like, Oh, he's like, you have mastered the check-in. Like that is <laughs> what I needed. And I was like, I only knew that's what you needed because it's what I needed a year ago. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it makes me want to always remember when a friend of mine is going through a tough time that one thing I can offer is, hey, if people are bugging you, give them my cell phone. Like, you know, give me the update and then for everyone else say, please call this number. (laughs) 
and like I'll handle it, you know, and and just see if maybe that's what someone wants. I might I might ask a friend, would that be helpful if I did the updating? And I know I don't know any of these people, but you know, if I could take that off your plate, would that be one less thing you had to worry about? Um, because I'd be willing to do that for somebody and you know who's going through so much. I think that's a great idea, and I'm gonna steal it because <laughs> I think it would. I think. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not putting it out there as something I've done and tested, but it's kind of an idea I'm having at the spur of the moment here, and I think, I, like I think I'm gonna try it too. The next time someone says, "Oh my gosh, I'm just so tired of all the phone calls I'm getting." I might be like, listen, as long as you keep me up to date so that I can actually give information to people, I'd be happy to be, you know, your 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 secretary here. I'll take your calls. Um, you just have to go ahead and give out my number. And for the next two weeks, I got it, you know? Yeah. Anyone who knows me knows what an offer that is because I hate phone calls. <laughs> I hate them. But for a friend in need, I will do it. Ashley, if I ever offer that to you, you know how much I care because I hate, I, I hate phone calls. <laughs> the same for me. Um, you do. I blame it on being a millennial. It's just my generation. It's just who we are. We hate the phone. That's true. But I will, I will embrace the phone for a week or two for a friend who needs to be relieved of that responsibility. So I'm going to, I'm going to try it out. Yeah, I think it's a good plan. I'll give it a go. I hope I don't live to regret this. <laughs> Folks, that was fun. Um, if you haven't had the chance to call up your childhood friend and have a little chat, I, I highly recommend it. And listen, I, I'm I'm smiling over here. I, I enjoyed that call. But honestly, it, it couldn't have been easy for Ashley to revisit that time when her mom was sick, but I'm really glad she did because hearing about her experience helped me to come up with that idea about having a point person or a designated person to do all of that information exchange when we're overwhelmed by either our own illness or the illness of someone whom we care for. And I'm about to share another interview with you because believe it or not, the same damn thing came up. And I thought, well, let's put these two together. Um, this is an interview I did after my phone call with Ashley. It was about a week later. And in this one, I'm speaking with Dr. Kavita Shravastava Jackson, who is an emergency medicine physician who recently learned what it's like to become the patient. In the past year, Kavita was diagnosed with breast cancer and her world turned upside down. You think your 2020 has been rough? <laughs> I mean, it's not a competition, but geez, Kavita's definitely going to party hard when this year's over, that's for sure. So look, you're going to hear her talk about what it was like to receive the diagnosis. You'll hear about her strategies for setting boundaries with the helpers in her life. And we're going to come back to this idea of having a point person for some information exchange. So I hope you find this helpful. Take a listen. One thing I, I do remember when I started to share my diagnosis is um, I had a, like a brief message to share what happened that I copied and pasted into a lot of different um, text messages because I knew I was going to get a lot of the same questions. 
Mm-hmm. And I did get a lot of the same questions. And I under, they were the questions I would have asked anybody that gave me the same news. But it was really repetitive, and I felt somewhat traumatic to keep going over the story over and over and over. Yeah. Um, when I had stopped working initially, I wrote an email to my colleagues, and the bottom of that email also said, please do not approach me or talk to me about this, especially at work, because I am just not ready to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of questions you may have, um, but just consider that that person may not want to go through all of the details. Um, if it's a, you know, it was just a sensitive time for me. Um, and I just, I kind of knew it was coming, you know, I knew as this news gets out, I'm going to get a lot of questions and how am I going to handle that? So like I said, I had a little text message. I copied and pasted it into everyone's message and sent it off. Well, um, you you anticipated it, so it allowed you to kind of get ahead of it. Um, yeah. But I think that your point is really well taken, Kavita, which is to have to hash through a story over and over and over again is too much to ask of you. And um, I was actually about a week ago having a, a conversation with someone. We were actually recording for the podcast. So she was talking about a time when her mom was sick and in the hospital and she was getting bombarded with messages from friends and family members with like, well, what's her status and when does she get discharged? And then what's next? Is is there going to be physical therapy and how will she get there? And, and the person I spoke to said, I I just like was, I just couldn't take it. It was too much. And Mm -hmm. listening to her, I kind of just spontaneously came up with an idea that I ran by her. I said, mm-hmm. what if in those situations you had a friend who you funneled all that information to mm-hmm. and then that friend was the one who took all those messages? Like when everybody's yeah. contacting you, you can just say, you can call Kate Watson at this number. <laughs> yeah. And and then like you have one friend who you have to tell the story to. That person has to get all the details and then yeah. that person becomes like your answering service for a few days. Yes, absolutely. And they can funnel those messages, you know, condense them down to mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. It was, like I said, traumatic in one facet, but also as I started to open up about what was going on, you know, these are people that care about me. So I want to share the information. And so... I did actually do two things now that I'm thinking about it. I did start to blog about it briefly, and I would send the blog links out to all of my family members and would post it on Facebook and felt that it answered probably a lot of the questions that people were wondering. Yeah. Um, And then my mom and dad actually kind of facilitated communication to the rest of our family. You know, we have a huge family, a lot of family members in India. and they they kind of became the manager of that. Mm-hmm. I would give them the information, they would pass it on, they would feel the questions, kind of like this role that you're talking about. They just took it on for yeah. the family, <laughs> also passing on the message, don't call her. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would get the messages through them and kind of send responses when I had time or when, if I felt comfortable, then I would just reach out individually um, and kind of on my own terms um, communicate with them. Yeah. So those things definitely helped. And I I didn't want to ignore anybody. No. And it wasn't because I felt like I owed anybody. I just, I did want to communicate, but 
in my own way, on my own terms. For sure. You know, we do this in other ways. Like when we get married, we have a maid of honor and that person's supposed to handle all the bullshit. Like like if if the caterer doesn't show up, it's not the bride calling. It's the maid of honor who's going to call and curse them out. Um, and so why not have like a life maid of honor, you know, who is like, yeah. okay, you're my person. you you handle this shit for me and during tough times, yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, or oh, whatever we, idea. whatever we want to call that person. Maybe we need a, a new, more contemporary name than that. But you know, I do you, love that idea. you get the idea that like, we, we need a person who handles all of our shit when we're going through too much and, yep. um, you shouldn't have to field all those messages. Just people reaching out, no matter what they said, you know, it was a little overwhelming and I was kind of bombarded. Initially, I told people, you know, I just didn't respond for days. Yeah. I was just not really functioning well at that time. But to go back and just see messages um, or hear the messages that people had left me, that was like help in itself, just knowing like, oh, that person's thinking about me. There didn't need to be an exchange of you know, time or food or whatever it was that they may have wanted to send me. Well, actually, you've got me thinking a little bit. Um, You said it was helpful when you could look back or listen back to messages people left. And I thought, you know, that's kind of interesting. The idea that people might leave a text or a voicemail that you hear later, but the beauty yeah. of it is that it's sitting there waiting for you, sitting there. which yep, is different. I, it's different than someone showing up at your door, which you have to then respond now. Respond right away. And I didn't, you know, like I said in the beginning, I wasn't processing this information well. Um, and I kept it hidden for a while because I knew once the cat was out of the bag, my phone would be blowing up, which, which is a good thing, you know, that people were thinking of me and I'm so blessed to have that. But I wasn't ready to respond. Yeah. So I actually texted people, some of my close family members, and told them the news in a text message, followed by, do not call me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, but I felt obligated to tell you. Yeah. So there would come the messages and stuff. And like you said, it was really nice when I was ready or if I remembered a particular message that resonated well or, you know, I was feeling down some, you know, months later, weeks later, it was there for me to just go back, listen to that message or hear that person's voice. Yeah. And I like that you sent a message to your family with directions. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they appreciated the clarity because it didn't leave them wondering, well, what do I do? You said, do yeah. not call me. Um, and, and they didn't have to wonder then, is this the right thing? Does she need a phone call? Should I block out some time? You really helped them before they tried to help you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I I probably really made them a little more anxious, but you know, for, for the people wondering, what do I do? What do I say? I, yeah, I think you're right. So the direction for me was kind of right now. Don't just don't. Yeah. I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but it would have it would have given me less anxiety to read "Don't Call Me" because then I would say, "Okay, clearly that's not what I'm supposed to do." <laughs> yeah. uh, so it you know it's a bit of direction when you're feeling confused about how to be a good friend or how to be a good family member. And I did have I do remember a lot of people ask me what would be helpful, you know. Yeah. And I I think what was hard is that I didn't know what would be helpful. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to delegate, you know, I do that in the ER, but it's 
But in this situation, I just, I didn't know. Yeah. So it was harder to direct some other people um, that may have reached out or asked. And I said, you know, I'm just not sure, but I will let you know if I think of something in particular. And I don't know that I got back to anybody with anything particular. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, you know, there wasn't something that you could send me in a box that was going to actually make me feel better. Kavita, I read something recently. It was just like a a blog and it was about how there are two types of people, guest types, I'm saying guests like G-U-E-S-S, and -hmm. and ask types. And there are the kind of people who will ask, um, you know, hey, can I borrow $10? Hey, can I come over later and use your vacuum cleaner and borrow it to my house? Um, can I stay with you when I'm in town next weekend? They, they ask for whatever it is they want or need. And mm-hmm. they, they were just like raised in a house where if you have a question, you ask it. And the worst thing is you're going to hear no, no big deal. And then, so I was not raised in a house like that. <laughs> um, I was raised in like a guest house where like you're supposed to anticipate the answer and like to take a guess, right? So I- I'm not going to ask Kavita if I can stay with her because it's probably an imposition. So like I don't want to inconvenience her. I'll go get a hotel room. I didn't even ask. I just guessed and I operate that way. Anyway, the reason I'm putting this out there is you said – a lot of folks asked you, what do you need? And yeah. and I wonder if there's like a combination of asking and guessing that could have been helpful. Like, Kavita, I'm guessing you need some space. That's just a guess. If I'm wrong, tell me what would be more helpful. So I'm guessing and asking sort of at the same time. Uh, or I'm guessing it might be helpful if I drop off dinner for your family tomorrow evening. If that's really unhelpful, you got to tell me. I won't do it. I will respect that. So you're sort of yeah. guessing and asking. And unfortunately, yeah. we tend to be guessers or askers. And yeah. I, I'm starting to think it's helpful if you can be a little bit of both. I really like the combination of the two because as you were telling me this, I was trying to think which one I thought was more helpful. And I can remember one person reaching out in particular actually did a combination and I took them up on their offer Mm. and it was very helpful. They said, you know, I make some really awesome smoked ribs Mm -hmm. and I was thinking next week I could bring them over. What is a good day for you? if you would find that helpful, and if not, that's okay. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah Tuesday evening. I love they that. They came over, they, you know, brought us a whole meal for the family. It was something specific that I would not have thought of to ask somebody, like, you know, can you smoke me some ribs? <laughs> or even just, hey, can you buy us dinner tonight, or can you send over dinner? Yeah. Um, you know, and that was more helpful, I think, than we had dinner show up. Um, as a surprise many times and I was very grateful for that but it was a big surprise Mm -hmm. and you know for me I kind of would like to have had a heads up Um, yeah so I think the combination is really helpful especially if me as the person that needs help or would like help I can't clearly define what it is what kind of help I want from you or you know even in me thinking about that, I don't know exactly what you're willing to do or what's reasonable for you or what your schedule is. And then it just turns into too much coordinating for me 
that it's just easier if I figure it out a different way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking like back to your point about um, it was helpful for you to listen to messages. Like I could see myself leaving somebody a message that's like, I'm guessing you don't want a phone call right now. So I'm leaving this message for you. If I'm wrong and you do want a phone call, I'm available tomorrow at three o'clock. Let's talk. Yeah. Something yeah, like that. I totally agree. Something it just even the, you know, down to the time that you're available, mm-hmm. not, you know, like, a, hey, call me back if you feel like it. Mm-hmm. it. You know, I don't think that moves me enough. And, you know, coming from a place where I'm struggling to ask for help and dealing with the, you know, all the emotions that went along with my diagnosis and just, like I said, not feeling like I was thinking clearly or like myself, it just sounds like too much work, um, you, you know, to reach out. Yeah, there's like this movement I've noticed. I'm calling it a movement. I don't know. <laughs> but um, where I see it all over social media, and it's probably because of the kinds of things I follow. It's all like social workers and psychologists. But um, I'm seeing this push that like we shouldn't ask people what do you need. Just just show up for them. Just say, hey, I'm coming over to get your dry cleaning, and I'm going to get that done for you. And it makes me cringe a little bit. And and there's this big push for it right now, Kavita. Like, I mean, if I opened up Instagram or Facebook right now, I'm bound to find some little meme or something about it that we shouldn't be asking, just show up and do stuff. Just bring dinner and leave it at the front door. Don't ask someone. And I just think I disagree slightly. Why not guess and ask? Yeah. I'm guessing this stressed out and makes me feel very stressed out <laughs> yeah. the, the kind of just show up um that's just, that's just not how I operate you know even before this year please do not just show up. you know I I like a heads up I, I like to know what's coming my way especially when this year blindsided me you know the yeah. least I can have just some clear idea of what's going to go on All right. What an episode. I feel like we covered so much. And even though the topic was described as sickness and health, right? We we introduced this as being an episode about helping people through illness. I really think a lot of these themes could be applied in so many areas of our lives. So you will probably hear these themes come up again and again on the podcast. For now, I just want to leave you with a quick note to say I will be sharing some more information about this idea of askers and guessers. (laughs) I will be sharing that under bonus materials for this episode. That's on our website. Our website is www.onlytryingtohelp.com. If you click on podcast and then on bonus materials, you'll be able to find more information about askers and guessers and how we can apply that idea to our lives. I'm also going to share contact information for Kavita because she's really active on social media and eager to share her experiences. She has a wonderful blog. I will put the link under bonus materials, but for now I'll just tell you verbally that the website for the blog is www.drladyblog.com, drladyblog.com. And again, you can find that link from our website. As always, you can send questions to me using kate at 
onlytryingtohelp.com, or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram using at I was O-T-T-H. That's at I was O-T-T-H. Uh, O-T-T-H stands for only trying to help. I, I look for you there. I hope to hear from you. And until next time, folks. Since the day I